I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Fiona. She has Chiari Malformation Type 1. Let's talk about it. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, too much. <laughs> uh, boys, we are sitting down with uh, with Fiona, um, and we're going to be talking about. Okay, I first of all, I think we I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but with over seven hundred and something whatever episodes, I forget. And I don't think so. I feel like I'd re- remember the name. Well, no, we we have. For well, sure. well, here's here's the, here's my, here's my first fucking problem. Is uh, not sure if it's Chiari malformation or Chiari malformation. I feel like whatever I'm saying sounds like, you know, uh, a fucking something you'd say during like a, a kata where you're like, Chiari! You know, it's like, I feel like a fucking <laughs> kung fu it's, master. It's Chiari malformation. It's we've, Chiari, we've, right? We've spoken about it before. We have, right. Chiari, okay. yeah. Chiari, Chiari okay. malformation. Yeah. And also type one, type one Chiari malformation. Yes. So there's more than one type. I don't quite remember, although what I do recall, because you're right, we did talk about it, and I, and I recall it, it like having something to do with like, like bitching headaches. Am I on or off? Oh yeah, you're on. Jury's out. All right, sweet. No, nope. uh, jury's in. Jury's, jury's in, in today. Bad headaches. <laughs> Gary is very confused by the by the by the saying "jury is in" or out. Fiona, um, please take a moment, uh, introduce yourself to our listeners, uh, give us a little bit of insight into who Fiona is and what you're all about. Um, yeah, so I'm mostly born and raised Calgarian slash Albertan, um, living in Calgary with my hubby and my cat. Um, in normal times, I am an architectural designer. So I finished my master's of architecture in 2019. Hmm. Um, but the last couple of years have been very little work. Um, so it's been a lot of just chilling and learning to love crosswords and being a plant mom. <laughs> mm, okay. Okay. And I'm taking it that the last few years of, of chilling out and enjoying the crosswords doesn't have to do with the fact that you just said, fuck it. I'm going to just stay at home, kick my feet up and play Sudoku. Uh, it's because of the TI malformation type one. That is correct. Yes. I mean, I wish it was just because I decided to retire, but no. <laughs> no, it was forced. All right. What is, what the fuck is Kiari malformation? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the simple way to put it is your brain is coming out of your skull and into your spinal canal. Oh, fuck. Whoa. Oh, my God. Whoa. I yeah. thought you were just going to say the simple way to put it is that you have a malformed Chiari. Yeah. That's, 
What the fuck is a Chiari? <laughs> who knows? Um, I Sounds believe like it's a... the name of the guy who discovered it, of which oh, was okay. a surprisingly long time ago, actually. Yeah, that may, okay. That makes that makes sense. I, I when I heard Chiari, I was it just it made me think of like a like a a sort of um, a foreign pop singer from like the nineties. You know, like a Shakira, a Chiari. Where do you think uh, Chiari, where do you think uh, Chiari's from? I'm gonna I'm gonna say Italy, Polish. I'm going to say... Italy's a good guess. I'm going to guess... Uh, I'm going to take a wild guess here. I haven't looked it up yet. I'm going to look uh, it up. Yeah, no, do you know? North Korea. Uh, I think I remember, yeah. You're saying North Korea. Yeah, I'm going to go with North Korea. That's wow. my final answer. Yeah, Austrian? What you, yeah. Ooh. Austria. Wikipedia. How was Wikipedia not the very first link? Wow, Taylor. This is, uh, this is riveting content, my friend. Okay. Um, Keep going. Okay. How, like, I mean, I know you said your brain's sort of like trying to trying to escape your body, but what the fuck is how? Like, how 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 is it? How is that possible? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, so basically, what happens is you have a misshapen skull, or your skull is a bit too small, and then there's not enough space within your skull for your brain to sit, and so it ends up being like pushed out of your skull. Oh and God. in like out through the opening at the base of your skull, it gets like pushed into that area. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're, the crazy. Sorry, sorry. sorry go, go ahead. No, no. What's the crazy part? I mean, uh, many. I mean, that was that the was crazy, the fucking crazy part. But what, yeah, exactly. I, continue. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy part was like that's crazy and then it was sort of like i'm a healthy person and everything's fine and then i start getting these symptoms and i get a ct scan and it's like oh yeah your brain's coming out of your skull and i'm like what like yeah. there was no inciting incident no head trauma like how is that even possible so yeah crazy too smart for your own good i bet <laughs> yes that's what my husband likes to say you have too many brains <laughs> whoever said austria was the winner that was me are you yeah, sure yeah, are you sure it was in north korea I I mean I can double check. Yeah, right? just double check. It was not North Korea. I said uh, Poland, which oh, is close. Hans Chiari, Austria Hungarian Empire, born originally in North Korea. Whoa, oh, there we crazy! Go. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. For the record, Poland is close. <laughs> it guys, is. Guys, this episode is already off the rails. <laughs> wait, I love wait, it. Wait, so when you asked that question, because you, you you ended that statement with like, I was like, how is this even possible? Like, no no yeah. head trauma, nothing like that. Like, how? How is that possible? According to the literature, yeah. Is it is it typically head like trauma? Is that how it typically works? Or no, it can happen that way. It's called an acquired Chiari, but that's pretty rare, my understanding. Um, but so I think there's some question as to how exactly this works. Like the other types are congenital. Um, mm. but type one, it seems to be that like as you grow and develop, your skull is growing and developing and then it just ends up in this like misshapen or too small shape and then that's when your brain starts like coming out so uh, my understanding is like i wasn't necessarily born with my brain like already herniated in that space but it just mm -hmm. sort of it happens as you as you develop is it because wow. um somebody touched the soft spot on your head when you were a baby yes it 100 percent yeah okay i thought i thought so guys i mean i i so, the soft spots really like i i i kind of hate that you said that brian because i i 
I have a really hard time with the soft spot on baby's heads. Like, it I, is, like, like it I don't want to. I don't like, want to look at it. I don't want to think about it. Like I don't want to fucking see it. When you uh, see it throbbing, it like divots would, in, and you can see the heart. Dude, you can see uh, the uh, oh, heart rate. No, you can't. Yeah, you yeah, can you see can, it yeah. throbbing, dude. Yeah, because it, it 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 pulses with the heart rate. So it's fucking horrible. So just like though. the way that you might see like the side of someone's like uh, um, neck sort of move a little yeah. bit if you like pay close attention. Then, yeah. but it's actually way more obvious on the soft spot. Like when Zaya was young, younger, she's only a year old, obviously. But like when she was like three or four months old, I mean, you can just see yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. the brain yeah, yeah. going. We get it, we get it, we get it, we get it. It is good to know that it, it, like, like touching that on a baby doesn't lead to carry malformation because, like, I was poking Zaya's a bunch. <laughs> Stop it. You know that it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't close. There's actually two of them. I believe I might be wrong about that, but I believe there's two of them, two soft spots. One is more on the back of the head and one's like right on top and they don't close until they're uh, 12, 14, 16 months old, something like that. Like they're going to say years. I was no. like, whoa, that's <laughs> dangerous. Yeah. We shouldn't let kids play sports. I, I was, uh, I was, I mean, this is where like, I, maybe we cut all of this because it has nothing to do with Carrie for malformation, but I was thinking how good would it be? Like, cause I hate that. I hate those fucking spots. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see them. How brilliant is this idea? Let's start uh, a line of infant wigs to mm. cover them. Yeah. So you don't have to see it. And it gives you kind of a sense of like, what's my baby going to look like when it has a nice lush full head of hair? Yeah. Anyway. Because yeah. people are going to be self-conscious and stigmatized and, and feel self-conscious about themselves anyway that's at right. some point in their life. So why don't we just start when they're... That's right. When they're, <laughs> when they're infants. That's right. So, okay. So Chiari malformation. I, I just pulled it up here um, just so we can look at it. But Chiari malformation, it is uncommon apparently, um, uh, but increased use of imaging tests have led to more frequent diagnoses, which is interesting. And the other thing for people that, because when you said like my brain is leaking out, I had this, I think I had this like incorrect thought of like your, your brain is finding spots in your cranium to kind of like, mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe cracks and nooks and crannies to like squeeze out. But really what's happening is that it, it, it's the brain tissue is extending down into the spinal canal, um, which Fucking, that sounds worse uh, than what I was what I was imagining. <laughs> to be honest with you, Chiari um, malformation type one develops as the skull and brain are growing. As a result, signs and symptoms may not occur until late childhood or adulthood. The pediatric forms Chiari malformation type two and type three are present at birth, congenital, like you had said. Um, so you're like so so it's like uh, it's ooh. kind of like if you if you have one of those like gel balls and you squeeze it, ooh. it would like. Yeah. Any, it would pop out of like that, yeah. the top of your, uh, like a, yeah. the, the part in your fist that's more open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, that whole, the like foramen magnum, I can't, I, I always think that sounds so weird, which apparently actually just means like big hole. So mm-hmm. that at the base of your skull, like, yeah, it's, that's the only place that that part of your brain can go. So it's just like coming out and like pushing into that space. Mm. How smart, like it is like are you just really smart your brain is like growing so big that you're just like i'm so smart and this hurts so much it's a good question i mean man. i wish i wish that was the case uh not sure that that's the case okay well I then mean, what like, does it feel like, like? does it, it not doesn't does it does it feel ouchy well yeah i see i think the yeah. feeling is is the symptoms god brian yeah yes. does it feel yeah. ouchy i know tell um, us about those I mean, ouchy <laughs> symptoms of yours <laughs> yeah so what ends up happening is like obviously you're getting compression on that part of your brain, which is your cerebellum. And it's like the bottom of the cerebellum. So those are called the cerebellar tonsils. 
So obviously there's compression happening there. And then depending on how far out your brain is coming, there can also be compression on your brainstem, which I also had that. Um, And then the biggest thing, and this is where the headaches come in, is your, your cerebral spinal fluid is being blocked. So, you know, that's normally flowing like around your brain and around your spinal cord. And then your, I heard this like really great way of explaining it the other day. It's like, if you put your thumb on top of the hose and it's like Mm. trying to like spew out, it's like, that's happening. So as your CSF is like doing what it's supposed to do, it's getting stuck in that spot. And so it's like at the base of your skull, um, and they call it occipital headaches, which like when I first started experiencing these, I was calling them head rushes Mm. because it's like this building, building, building of like pressure and pain. And then you kind of, I would just like wait it out and then they would dissipate. So Mm. I wasn't calling them headaches because they're not like static. So to me, that one's still kind of weird. Mm, Um, yeah. And I feel like actually, because I was explaining it that way, that was part of what got me my diagnosis because ah. my doctor was like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, that's not normal. Right. When, when you call it a head rush, like, did it feel, was the pain like, was, was the pain like building to this like climax or what was, what was that like? like how long yeah. are we talking? Like, like, a, like, you know, like over the span of five minutes or, you know, what's the, the no. sort of. Yeah. It would be like seconds. I mean, at the beginning they were pretty oh. short, like a few seconds. Oh, wow as things got worse and worse, it was, I don't know, like 30 seconds maybe. And yeah, that's exactly it. It like builds, builds, builds. And then it's just like this excruciating pain. And this is what I would do. I would like bring my shoulders up and like tip my head back and somehow, uh, uh, yeah, (laughs) I don't know if that was actually doing anything, but I was like, maybe this will like slow the flow. (laughs) And then, so yeah, just like builds, 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 builds. And then I guess at some point that CSF like dissipates in some way or like finds a way through and then it like calms down. And so, and so like, just trying to, just trying to like wrap my head around, you know, like if you're having, I don't know if they refer to as like a flare up or something, but um, let's say, let's say at the peak of, cause I know, I know prior to recording this, I was kind of just asking if, if a, a one hour recording was going to be too hard to do. And you were saying, well, I'm like, you know, at the time I applied, it probably would have been, but now I'm doing a little better. So like at the peak of when things were bad, um, these rushes, how, like how many a day are we looking at? Yeah. So it went from like, when I first started, it was a few a day and they were mostly being triggered by, like working out weights, climbing, that kind of thing, like that straining would bring them on. And then basically one year later, when things were like really, really bad before I got my surgery, it was like 40 times a day. Oh, and I mean, everything shit. would trigger it. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Oh my God. And when yeah. you say everything would trigger it, you mean like, what's like, what's the full spectrum of everything? I mean, any, like you sneeze you get a head rush. You're like, I would stand up from a chair. I would get a head rush. Like, you know, you pick something up, head rush. (laughs) Right. So So, like physical, physical acts that just basically move the fluids through your body essentially. And the, and I was going to say, and the intense pain is like, it's like five seconds in that like burst. It's like really concentrated and like, like you're lifting a cup up to put it in the cupboard and it's like, Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Whoa. Yeah, so, exactly. So yeah. where wow. does this all start for you? Like, mm. where do you go from mm. kind of going about your business, living life normally to starting to experience some of the symptoms that, um, that came on? Like how, how did that all start? Yeah. And so it was the head rushes that initially, like that was the symptom where I was like, okay, something, something's not right. I need to go to the doctor. Um, and it was like immediate, like as soon as you felt it, you were like, this is not okay. Well, this is the funny thing where I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm just stressed. And you know, I've like had this neck, shoulder, jaw tension, honestly, since I was a teenager, which once I got my diagnosis, I was like, no shit. Um, and so I was like, oh, it's just, you know, my muscles are tight. Like I was getting massages and going to Cairo and doing all these things. Was like, I just thought it was stress. And that's why I was getting these like weird headaches. But then they started happening more and more. Like um, climbing was honestly the worst. Like I would get off the wall and I would just be like sitting on the mats, like <laughs> trying to like let the pain calm down. And so as they started happening more frequently, it was like, okay obviously something is going on. I need to like get this checked out. And so that was what I went to my doctor with. And then, I mean, again, like, thank God I did because, and I was very lucky to get my diagnosis as quickly as I got it because the, I was diagnosed in January of last year. And over the following six months, like I went from, okay, I'm dealing with this pain and these headaches and it's like not great. And it's stopping me from doing activities to like, I cannot do anything. Like I'm Mm -hmm. sleeping 16 hours a day. I'm like dealing with some crazy symptoms. Um, like it, I went downhill like very fast. Do do you know what it is that causes it to like get progressively worse like that? Because I, I imagine like if you're growing up with this thing and, and, and living with it, um, uh, yeah, I guess I wonder why, like all of a sudden it would go from something that was like, you know, not really that noticeable to like she, rapidly getting worse. She finished her master's and it was like, no room, uh, seriously, no room in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I mean, like, I, I know that you probably don't have an answer to that. Um, but one thing that I am kind of curious about, and this is total speculation that has, you know, that's not based in any kind of science whatsoever. I'm just prefacing that. To, like, I'm not here trying to fucking diagnose you with anything. But bro science. There, there's some bro science here, but the bro science is coming from a place of curiosity that rests in something that is that is actually, you know, um, that is that is n- not really known enough to even probably have an answer to this. But I know with COVID, I'm, I'm just thinking about the timing of this. Like with COVID, there are so many things coming out about post-viral um, effects of COVID that are like mm-hmm. just fucking mind-blowing, that just don't make any sense and and nor do they make sense to the fucking scientists that like study viruses you know it's it it affects the body in so many wild ways so like did with that i'm not asking like do you think this is where it came from but was there any mention from anybody at any point like hmm did you have covid or or you know or like were they looking at it from from that sort of standpoint because i just i know that post-viral illness is like super fucking whack yeah it's it's actually super interesting that you asked that because I haven't thought about this for a while, but no, nobody ever brought that up. And before I go to that, I think I, I don't know. And the fact that, you know, I was 29 when all of a sudden I started getting these symptoms, like that blows my mind. Um, we should come back to the CSF flow because 
I also had what's called syringomyelia. Um, and I think that's part of like where your symptoms start building. Um, but the interesting thing about COVID is I did have COVID in April and I was like already getting worse, but honestly it was after I had COVID that I like things just went downhill. And again, no idea if there's any science behind that could have just been coincidence, Mm. but like, I have definitely wondered if that like triggered more symptoms more quickly. Sure. Right. Like, like you had Chiari malformation anyway, but then you add COVID to the mix and COVID just goes, let's, uh, let's fucking jack up this Chiari while we're here before we leave. Because the malformation is something that like really Mm. probably started when you were born. Like the beginnings of the malformation is something that Mm -hmm. like took place but the symptoms don't arise until a certain point where mm. the brain actually yeah. is under enough pressure to start forcing itself it's like out a, through that like malformed a, area of your skull. Like a base form of a Pokemon doesn't really look like <laughs> yes. the evolved form yes. of the Pokemon. So like it really just looks like an egg when it starts, but then <sighs> you know eventually with throughout its evolution as it grows and gets older, yeah. and, you know you use different crystals. Everyone and shit was to thinking it, it. You said it. <laughs> My husband yeah. is going to love that. He's going to be very happy that you just said that. Your husband and I are on the same page, and we're both right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I think part of it is, like, so I don't, I'm curious about how long my brain was herniated at the point that it was herniated. So it was coming out, like, two centimeters. And oh. the, yeah, the the, like, Traditional diagnosis is if you're five millimeters or more. Um, So I was like 20 millimeters. So I'm curious whether that was progressive, but like I have no way of knowing that because of course I never had an MRI on my brain before. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think one of the things is that as like the more time that you spend with your cerebral spinal fluid, like not flowing properly, like that has got to do something that is causing damage like over time where it would make sense to me if eventually your body is like, what the hell is happening? Like you're not okay. Yeah. So, and I think, so then part of that is this syringomyelia, which can happen along with Chiari. It doesn't happen for everybody, but it did for me. Um, And that's like, because that CSF is being blocked, it ends up like backlogging into your spinal cord. And so you end up with these like pockets of fluid in your spinal cord. And obviously, like, honestly, like that's one of the more concerning parts because mm. you can end up with spinal cord damage if that gets yeah. left untreated. So I was told, and I'm sure this is true, that like a lot of my symptoms might be coming from the fact that this syrinx, that's what they're called, was growing. Um, like from the time I had my first MRI, just after I had my diagnosis, to in the summer when I was in the ER because things were really bad and I got my second MRI, like the main syrinx in my spinal cord had doubled in size. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so just, just for you guys, like a syrinx, I just brought up because I, 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 I find for some reason, whenever we speak to, whenever we speak about like spinal column stuff, my brain has a hard time picturing what's being um, communicated. And so like, I, I need a visual to see it. And, uh, and so in talking about the, the syri- syringomyelia, is that, what, is that how you pronounce it? Syri- syringomyelia. Syringomyelia. Um, so a neurological disorder in which fluid-filled cysts, which you refer to as syrinx, 
form within the spinal cord. So like that's a statue in Egypt. Inside the spinal cord, Brian's on it today. You've got you've got like a almost like a like a like a like a, a, a elongated bubble filled with fluid, and that mm-hmm. is the cyst that's formed inside. And that cyst has the, I guess, like a buildup of the of the CSF fluid. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And this so is, why is that a bad thing? Like what what is the what's the like what you know, how how is it how is a syrinx going to fuck you up? Yeah, so uh the surgeon that eventually did do my surgery explained it in the way that you have fluid buildup in your spinal cord and basically it's starting to like stress those cells because that fluid shouldn't be there. And so the more and more that you stress these cells because they're spinal cord cells like they can get to a point where they're permanently damaged. So if you can get the, if you can deal with the cerebral spinal fluid, like flow before it gets to that point, then it will actually like, it will just reabsorb the fluid. Like a lot of the times it will just resolve itself. But if you don't get it in time and you've pushed those cells like too far and you've stressed them too far, then they're permanently damaged. And I mean, you don't want your spinal cord of permanently course. damaged yeah, if you can yeah. avoid it. I was, yeah. I was going to say, this reminds me of the episode that we did with uh, Sean Simpson. That's right. Um, Leaky brain. Yeah. And Medical marijuana, I think was the name of the episode. Yes. But uh, he talked <clears throat> about um, having a spinal tap and I'm wondering like, is a spinal tap a way to alleviate that if it gets too mm. intense, like if that cyst gets too big? Yeah, I believe so. And I think that that's actually what they used to do, um, which I like, thank God they didn't have to do that for me. I, I think that some people like do have to get that. They have to get shunts, all sorts of things like that. Um, I mean, thankfully, once they dealt with the Chiari, um, like when I had my follow-up MRI, my syrinx had gone down like quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So obviously <clears throat> that's the better way to do it so that you're not... yeah you know, messed around any more than you need to. You're, you're talking about a surgery and, and, uh, I'm wondering if the surgery is basically like to, to use that, um, description of like having that sort of thing covering the end of a hose, like the nozzle of a hose so that the fluid is, the fluid is spraying out. Um, is that, is the surgery to like, basically like remove what is that, what is like covering the end of the hose? Which would be yeah. your brain, wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Or like, 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 uh, so what, she doesn't they, need this part of the dual emblem gotta. Like, let's just fucking remove that. Is, are they removing pieces or are they like kind of like lifting it up and prying it out of the way? Or like, yeah. what's happening? <laughs> yeah, so it's called a decompression surgery. And the whole point of it is just to create more space. Um, and I think it, it kind of, it depends on your surgeon. But for me, he did four things. So you make that opening at the base of your skull bigger. So you just like shave away some of that bone. Wow. Um, and then I had part of my C1 vertebra removed. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And then they go in and add a patch to the dura. So like the covering around the brain, adding that patch in, like just gives it more stretch. So there's more space there. Holy and God. then, yeah. <laughs> and then depending on how bad it is when they get in there which my surgeon told me that my brain was like at my second vertebra so he was like it was pretty far out yeah um and so what they'll do then is they'll burn the bottom of they'll burn like the bottom of those cerebellar tonsils so that you they you're lifting them back up yeah 
Wow. Okay. Oh man. Okay. So this is this is just a this is like you know usually we're like tell us about the chronological story we go through the but like there's so much here that I'm just like holy fuck. So (laughs) so I I mean I would like to go back and sort of go through the timeline of like and especially with like symptoms and stuff and how that affected your social life and your your relationships and all that stuff. But before we do, um, when you came out of that surgery, like. You know, with the fact that all this is happening around your brain, um, did, did it change you at all? Like, did you feel different in terms of like, you know, who you, how you relate to you? Like who, like your, you know, wh- whether that be personality or, or maybe like, you know, energy through the day or, or anything like that. Like, did it have any kind of seemingly long-term effects on how, on how like you present day to day? That is, yeah, that's a very interesting question. Nothing where, like, when I woke up, I was like, oof, yeah, I'm, I'm, something, something happened. But, I mean, I guess the biggest thing for me has been the pain, honestly. Like, I've been dealing with pain before and then now pain after, just because of, like, where that surgery happens. Um... Yeah, nothing, nothing that I would say like, oh, this happened because of brain surgery. I mean, mm. I'm like way more anxious, but I'm pretty sure that has to do with like the whole experience <laughs> right, of right. brain surgery. Right. Yeah. The, like the mental health aspects of, of dealing yeah. with, with such an intense, like, you know, invisible chronic illness. I mean, it's hard to believe that it's, it's hard to, and I, I'm going to, I asked the question also, but it, it seems like the answer is no. Up into, uh, uh, it seems like the answer is no, but, uh, but I'm curious that like, that it didn't, that just having the brain trying to like squeeze out. Yeah. Didn't have, or, or did it have like other ramifications on other than like that pain and those head rushes where like, where I mean, fuck. You smell burnt toast. Right, yeah. Like, right. Or, or exactly. like, or just, like, or like lashing out. I, I guess, like, yeah, I guess, like touching, yeah. like, because when the brain is touching oh, yeah. something, there's like, there's symptoms. Like, yeah. what were some of the oh, yeah. ramifications of, the, other than the pain and uh, that uh, those head rushes? Where, did, like, did, was there behavioral changes mm. and things like that that came along with? The yeah. Brain so the out? list of symptoms for Chiari is like wildly long and everybody experiences it so differently. There's like an average of five symptoms, but like, I mean, I like my, my symptom list is like a page long, you know? Um, so yes. So I had like some weird ones where I had terrible temperature regulation. Like I was always way too hot. Um, like the Christmas before I got diagnosed, I remember we were just like sitting around inside, whatever. And I was so freaking hot. It was minus 40 outside. And I just like went outside in my t-shirt and shorts because I was like that hot and just like stood in the minus 40. So that was super weird. I had hiccups like all the time. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. Especially as like things got worse all the time. Um, And then I also started getting like restless leg type feelings, which I've heard other people talk about as well. Um, obviously like chronically fatigued, but I mean, that could be for many reasons. Um, 
the I started to not be able to walk straight. Mm. So like balance and like gait issues are a huge thing. Um, I was just like, saying, my just, girlfriend might have that when we're at the dog park walking our dog because she's always like walking into my line. You know, <laughs> you, do, do you know this? I do that to Kira. Yeah, it's so funny. Dude. I might have Kira. You <laughs> should get her a surgery. <laughs> get her a brain least, surgery. Oh at least <laughs> tested. <laughs> at least tested. Oh wow. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like I, I was, I when you were listing off those symptoms, I was like, man, how crazy would it be if you ended up with like foreign accent syndrome? That would be that would make things so much worse. The uh, you know just all of a sudden just foreign accent syndrome just, in twenty twenty three is bad news. I know, I know. You can't, yeah. bad news. you can't get it. You get it, but you can't. You can't. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to. <laughs> you're not allowed to have, have it. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that. So like that makes total sense. I mean, like the gate issues. You know, hand eye coordination. I'm sure is like something that people yeah. experience. Um, what about like like did you have like um, like numbness or like tingling? Like yeah. you know, like neurological. Yeah, so I had numbness and tingling in my fingertips. And then as things got worse, I also was starting to feel like weakness and numbness in my arms and legs. Hmm. Um, And never to the point where like I couldn't move them, which I I, like does happen, but to the point where it was like scary enough um, that that was some of the reasons why we ended up in the ER. Um, And then some of the worst parts were... Um, like the intensity of the headaches, like really ramped up, like I said earlier, to the point where like one day I was just sitting in the living room with my mom, got up from the chair, like had a head rush. Obviously I was expecting that. And I was like, just waiting it out. And I remember like putting my hand on the mantle and I was like, holy shit, like this is a really bad one. And I just like woke up on the floor. Oh, wow. So yeah. So I, my mom said I like somehow lowered myself like before I collapsed, but for mm. whatever reason, just the intensity could be such that like I would lose consciousness. Right. Wow. Um, and then I was dizzy every day. It was like, honestly, that was the worst part. I was just so dizzy. Like it did not matter what I was doing. And then I ended up having these, I would call them like vertigo attacks. Mm. Um, like one morning I woke up stretched always going to give me a head rush. So I was just like waiting it out. And then it's like, it just like hit a threshold and just like took off. And all of a sudden, like the room started like flipping, like end over end flipping. Oh my God. And yeah, it it was horrendous. I mean like, like that, that, you know, expressing that, I think there's, I think there's a, there's, probably a pretty good chunk of the population that can relate to that, especially if they are a part of the population that were no stranger to partying maybe in their younger years or currently. Um, and you know, that, that feeling like that feeling of getting the spins when you've had too much to drink, it's bad. It is, it is, it is honestly like one of the most fucking awful experiences. Like it just sucks. And you can't do any, like there's no, like, no, you know, focus no. on one point or, you know, or mm-hmm. like get up and like, and like take deep breaths or walk around or like, it's just, it is all encompassing. And it's not only is it like mentally fucked up where you're like, Holy, what the shit? It's also like, it physically makes you feel unescapably ill. Like it, it is for anyone who's yeah. never had vertigo. It is, you know, what's really awful. interesting is 
uh, and I'm noticing this. I have a one-year-old daughter, and what I, what I've noticed in Zaya, and I remember now seeing her do it. That I did this as well, and I'm wondering if if you guys had this experience as well. That, and it's funny that we talk, you say that about drinking because I think that there's. I I look at Zaya doing this and I go, fuck, is that why, is that one of the reasons why we're drawn to drinking and being drunk? I remember spinning around as a kid and be, and mm. being in love with being dizzy and thinking that it was so funny and that it was like, it was like such a weird like experience to just kind of be in this other world for like 10 seconds. And I notice Zaya will just start spinning around in yeah. circles and I can tell that she's like, ha, 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 ha. Like, I like, do you I, think and then she'll kids, fall on her ass. Think, I know the difference do think, here. Do you think all kids do that, or is that only because I poked the soft spot on her skull? Here's what I think the difference is to that. And I, I, feel like I, I feel like this is a great analogy. That's the difference between um, enjoying the, the, the... And this is, this, is, this is an analogy for people who enjoy spice. That's the difference between enjoying the fast, um, the the fast and like and 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 very brief sensation of wasabi versus the like ever holy fucking awful extended version of like the bomb hot sauce. No, I know what you mean. Right, but but like on the a, spinning on around, a, it's like oh yeah, cool. It goes away like that. With, I understand with vertigo. It's no, 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 no. I understand with vertigo. I know. I'm not saying vertigo is. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the experience of getting the spins when you're drinking. How much do you love vertigo? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not... I mean, I was. I was never a kid who liked being dizzy, so like I can't relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't like spice either. I bet. <laughs> I know. I, 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 and I don't mean. I don't mean it to vertigo. I mean like. I yeah. mean. I mean relating it to drinking and not necessarily the spins in bed, which I yes, know right. suck, I but kind of saying. that feeling of when you're. When you're drunk, well, it's an altered state of consciousness. It's yeah, altered exactly. state, and you're like, and you're like, oh, like you're kind of like, you kind of feels like you're move, yeah. like someone else is is moving you, like you're yes. not fully yeah. in control, and that's like, yeah. kind of uh, appealing for whatever reason. Yeah, and then and then you grow up and you go, nope, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, I'm no, over that. No thanks, I'm over, over that, that for sure. Yeah. your favorite one-hit wonder or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have or that tv show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon now what if we could fix it i'm francesca ramsey and i'm delon grant and after 20 years of friendship we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called let me fix it each episode we'll dig into our favorite celebrities shows and brands of yesteryear and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today think of our show as an intervention but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Um, you didn't work very much when you were going through the thick of it. Like, like how, how badly did this fuck up your day-to-day in terms of your work life, yeah. in terms of your social life, in terms of, you know, all aspects of the way that you just exist? Yeah, it pretty much just stopped my life in, like, just full stop. Like I could not work. Um, I had no energy. If I did choose to do like some kind of social thing, I mean, it would take like, that would be it. It would take me a couple of days really to recover. Um, yeah. So I, I just, I really had like no, no ability and like no tolerance for, I mean, just like life. 
period. And what about like, you know, you're, you're, you're married, you know, how did this, how did this, especially with something that just like comes out of the blue or at least seemingly out of the blue, um, what kind of impacts did this have on your, on your relationship with your husband? Yeah. I mean, like he was an absolute rock star. I cannot imagine doing any of that without him. Um, like he kept us afloat, you know, financially, and he definitely like kept me afloat emotionally and mentally and physically a lot of the time. But obviously that's a strain because everything is falling onto him. And so, you know, he was amazing about it, but that's, that's a weight for him to carry. And there's like nothing that we can do about it. You know, like if I can't do anything, he just, he kind of had to pick up the slack. Mm. Um, so that was definitely challenging. And I think one of the things that he really noticed, um, is because I couldn't go to any social events and he is a massive extrovert. Um, that was really hard for him. So he was going to all these social events alone, or we just weren't going. And honestly, that's still like something that we're figuring out. And that's been starting to weigh on him where it's like, this is something he really enjoys. And we haven't been able to do that together for like two years. Mm. So definitely, you know, definitely some strain there. Yeah. What like, in having those types of conversations and, and talking about that and still working on it, like what are some of the things um, that you have found helpful in like having those discussions or like how, how have you been trying to navigate those types of conversations with your husband? Yeah, we go to couples therapy um, just like honestly as upkeep because it helps us communicate better. And that is, was hugely helpful for us because we sort of had a way of talking about these things that wasn't like, you know, this sucks for me. Well, it sucks for me too. It's like, you, you have to be able to like step back enough to be like, okay, I, I see what you're saying and I see how hard this is for you. And like, this is my reality. And it's also really hard for me. And mm you know, you both kind of have to like reflect that back to the other person mm -hmm. and also communicate, you know, what it is that you're, that you're feeling, even if there's like nothing that we can do about it as just, just seeing the other person and what they're feeling. Like, I feel like that has been a huge help in keeping us like connected and on the same page. Right. I remember yeah. when, uh, <clears throat> I remember a, a, a big, like a, a big relationship um, sort of like realization and communication um, for my wife and I came when she, when she was pregnant um, in two, I guess that would have been 2021. Um, and and you hooked up she, a bunch of like things to your stomach to like to simulate labor. And yeah, she was like, yeah. now you get it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's I right. remember. I, can, I remember. It's called a contraction. contraction it's weird though because you were generator. saying it wasn't that bad. But that's right. Yes. Yeah, she got yeah. really upset. That's right. Um, and then you told her to relax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kept saying calm down. Um, and, 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 um, or, or sorry, sorry, it wasn't when she was pregnant. I'm sorry. It was when we were going through IVF prior to her mm. being pregnant. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it was really, it was a really hard 
experience of going through IVF because there's like all these unknowns and you're worried and you're scared and, and <clears throat> you're spending a lot of money and all this stuff. And um, and I, as a as a very pragmatic and like problem solving type of person, I was always it was always my first reaction to try and try and help her solve the problem that she was coming to me with. Um, and at at one point or another, I was like, because because it was not it was not <laughs> the, pro, the 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 solutions to the problems were not really there or maybe they weren't really that great of solutions to begin with probably, but it was ultimately like the realization that do you want me to try and solve the problem for you? Or do you just want me to just listen to the, to your, to the problems that you have because they, they might not have solutions. And, and, and it, and it was, it was really that moment where, where I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Stop. You just need you just need me to be you just need to be, me to yeah. be here. Yeah. You just need me to listen to what you're going through. You don't need a you don't need a solution from me. Stop trying to be Mister Fix It. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like be, just my be husband there. is very much like that. He's like, all right, let's fix it. Let's figure it out. And I have to be like, I am not looking for a solution. Like, yeah. I'm just upset or I'm having a hard day or whatever. Like, I I just need you to hear me out and be like, I'm sorry. That's that's hard. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a it's such a it's crazy. I mean, in all, and I mean, you know, regardless of whether it's IVF or a brain that's sticking out of your skull, um, that is such a simple and like small mm. relationship communication thing mm-hmm. that is like essential for every relationship to to realize for like mm-hmm. a couple to realize that like that's something that needs to, that that just needs to happen mm. sometimes. Like sometimes it's not a solution; it's just like I just want to say it Mm -hmm. just want to get it out i've been saying for the longest time uh actually the longest time i've been saying this for like a couple years now but um you know people who are like uh it is a long time i guess depending on you know who you are and where you're at and time and space um uh (laughs) about uh um you know people who pay like like oh we're gonna have a wedding and we're gonna pay like fifty thousand dollars for our wedding and it's gonna be at this like beachside resort Peru or like whatever. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Take that 50 grand and instead of paying for a giant wedding, give it to me. Put that into an account and use all that money for couples therapy. And then <laughs> yeah. and then and then you'll be investing in something that's actually worth your time. You can still have a party somewhere, but you don't have to like, you know, you don't have to pay for a fucking wedding like that. Put that's a hot into that's a, that's a hot idea. that's a hot take. Put that money into couples therapy and be with that person for the rest of your life. How about that? That's a good <laughs> idea. Um, I uh, I I know that um, I want to I want to be mindful of your time here. We're, we're we're you know we're coming up to an hour. I don't want to like I, you know I don't want to um, I don't want to fucking kill you. So uh, so so we we will be like we'll, we'll try to we'll try to wrap this up. But before we do, you. So you have the surgery. When did you have the surgery? Uh, September of 2022. Okay. And you said prior to recording, like you're doing a lot better now than you had been. Um, But you're, you know, you're obviously still struggling with this. Um, So was the, did the, was the surgery the thing that got you to this point where things are not as bad as they were? Um, And what does, what does life with PRE malformation type one look like for you now? Yeah, this, the surgery honestly is like the only treatment option. 
unless you're just going to manage your symptoms, which like I was too far gone for that. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, so yeah, so the, the surgery, I mean, at my six week follow-up, like most of my symptoms, those like really bad ones, the tingling and like, can't walk straight and the dizziness, like those were gone. So it was pretty incredible. The, the difference, like almost immediately after surgery, like even with the pain from surgery to be like, I feel so much better. Um, so that for me, I mean, has been huge. I cannot imagine my life without doing the surgery. Mm. Um, and now, I mean, it's just kind of a, we'll see what happens. I was told, (laughs) I was told like, oh yeah, in three months, you'll be like, good to go. And Mm. that has not been my experience at all. Mm. Um, it's been a really long recovery and I'm definitely still recovering. Um, so I'm still dealing with, I mean, mostly, mostly it's pain, um, brain fog. Like I'm actually having some like, um, post concussion, basically symptoms. Like that's what I'm presenting with. Right. So I'm dealing with that kind of stuff, like heightened sensitivity to smell and light. And like, I'm having difficulties with my eyes. So that's what's going on now. And, you know, three months ago, it was something else. And who knows what it'll be in three months. And I mean, that's, seems to be a big part of dealing with Chiari is like who knows and it's so different for everyone that you know they can't really say like yeah this will happen and then you'll be good or whatever like you just you know kind of have to just go with it and see what happens and deal with whatever comes up when it comes up and are you still like you know, in the, in the stage that you are now, like, are you still unable to work? Are you still, you know, like, are are you, are you finding it easier now to like, whatever, go to a social event or sit on a podcast and talk to three strangers about your physical ailments for an hour straight? Like, you know, how, like, are you able to manage day to day with those types of things? Or are you still really selective about the, the output of energy? it's a lot better for sure. Like I am able to work. I'm just working for myself right now. And so that's helpful because I can just manage my time and it's definitely more I'm part-time and I'm definitely not where I could work full-time anyway. Um, social events are a lot better, but I'm still really careful about it. I'm careful about, you know, like I know I'm going to be tired after this and depending on what it is, it might take me a day to recover. So I'm going to be very choosy about right what I do and where I go mm. um so it's much better in that I actually feel like I can participate in my life when I couldn't before like a year ago I was like am I ever gonna get my life back like yeah. am I ever gonna be able to like I play ring at like am I ever gonna be able to play ring at again like am I ever gonna be able to just like hang out with my friends and not be exhausted for three days and I'm at a point now where I'm not where I was before, but I'm in a position where it's so much better and it is manageable. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest thing that Chiari malformation has taken away from you? Yeah, I think it's that like innate sense of trust in my body. I think for me, like just throughout my life, I've experienced a lot of death and had a lot of 
intense periods of grief and having that like, okay, not, I can't control anything out there, but I can control me and I can go for a run or I can like go climbing. Like that was something that really grounded me. And then it was like, all of a sudden I do not have that. Mm. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to pass out? Is room going to start flipping? Like, you know, am I ever going to recover from this? So it's that like sense of trust in myself and my body and that like sort of locus of control that like, okay, when things are crazy, at least I've got this. That has been a huge blow for me. What would you say is the biggest thing that it's given you? I've been thinking about this quite a bit lately and I honestly feel like I don't have an answer yet. And I think it's because I'm just like still processing so much. I still feel like I'm in the thick of everything, but it's definitely one of those points in my life where like there's a before and there's an after. So like who I was before all of this happened is not who I'm going to be. And so I don't really know where that lands me yet, but I think like as I grow and process, like that will come to me where I can look back and be like, okay, I feel like this has given me this, but right now I just feel like I'm trying to land my feet somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's the first time we've ever heard someone express that that way. I mean, we, we, we asked that question to almost everybody on the show and, and this is the first time that that we've heard that answer. And to be honest with you, um, as, as shitty as all of this has been for you and, and currently still is hearing you say that answer is there's something really exciting about that, yep. you know, like to know that to you know, there's, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's something out there to discover that will, that in retrospect will, you know, will like maybe make all of this shit that you've been through, um, just feel a little bit more clear. And so, you know, uh, we're rooting for you mm-hmm. on, on that. Not, not to yeah, mention the power you. of the honesty. Yes. In that. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for not just like just yeah. shoveling a bunch of bullshit our way. Yeah. Being like, well, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Like trying to like take something that doesn't fit and put it through a hole that's there. <laughs> yeah. But the hole is exactly. not quite big enough and for it, it to fit through. There. And yeah. then so it's yeah. just like it's just like and then and then that, and then it ends up like squishing and causing yeah. all sorts of problems. Instead of like trying to shave the outsides of that hole yeah. and like maybe patching yeah. up that oh, idea fuck. so that you can really fit it through <laughs> totally. or back in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for doing that. Amazing. <laughs> well, Fiona, uh for real though, thank you. This is you know, I I know that this is uh that you know, you're probably going to have to take a nap after this and and uh, we we appreciate you taking the energy that it takes to do this in in the midst of of still dealing with everything that you're going through. So uh, that w- really means a lot to us and our listeners that you're able to step forward and and share your story. And you know, hopefully, anybody out there who's going through something similar or is in that state of like wondering what the fuck is wrong with me, and potentially yeah. hearing this and going, oh. Maybe this is something to bring forward to my healthcare professionals because perhaps this is the thing that I'm dealing with. So um, thank you so much for for just being an amazing guest and, and sharing so openly with us. We really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
Well, there you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. As always, we are coming at you Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And if you are a fan of the podcast and you want to support the podcast, there's a number of ways you can do that. First of all, you can leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. We love reading them. You can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app, if that's where you're listening. Or if you want to join the conversation, hop on over to our Discord. The link is in the show notes of this episode. And uh, we have a lovely little community over there of sickos and non-sickos all hanging out, chatting. And uh, hey, you could even help produce the podcast over there if you want. You can, again, find that link in the show notes below. Sick Boy Podcast is produced and co-host by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Taylor McGilvery, and Brian Stever. The show is managed by Jeffrey Lonis over at Talent Bureau. The sound design of this episode is brought to you by Donovan the CPAP Morgan. And, of course, the theme music is from the band Take Part. That is it for this week. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.